Welcome to the greatest podcast ever. It's the 56th podcast, and it's by my dad in West Virginia, Trey. Check it out, y'all. 56. You asked for it, we gave it to you. Coming to you live and direct is the NFC East Rundown episode from the fans' point of view. We talk to a lot of really smart guys who know the game of football, who are passionate about their teams, and they gave you their breakdowns for the 2020 season. Check it out. All right, so for the Eagles, we got to talk to Miko Rump. Man, when, when you talk to Miko, you know Miko brings it, and he brought it. Let's jump right into this conversation with Miko about the Eagles. Miko is live from Georgia, right? That's correct. Want to run to Georgia. Hold there you down. go. COVID-19 episode. COVID-19, hot zone all day, every day. You know, every state next to me is a hot zone. It's ridiculous. (laughs) So we're going to start it out like this. Tell us, since you're in Georgia, how you became an Eagles fan. Cool. Yeah, it was crazy, man. So um, growing up, I wasn't really a fan of any teams I uh, you know I I never really got into the Falcons of course because everybody down here was a Falcons fan but you know I like Dion but they never won anything so I was like yeah I just don't rock with them um but I did like a quarterback when I was in high school dude named Donovan McNabb who played at Syracuse and I was a huge fan of the guy but I didn't really watch him too much uh because of course he wasn't on tv but I kind of followed when I could and I remember, I think it was a year or two, I think it was like 97, 98 season when, when the Green Bay Packers won, I think, against the Patriots or somebody. Um, I remember Andy Reid being a quarterback coach of Brett Favre. He was, he was a new Eagles head coach. And I also did like the Eagles, too, because I remember them being one of the few teams who had a black coach around the time. I think they had Ray Rhodes um, a few years earlier than that, even though that didn't necessarily pan out well. But um, – I remember telling everybody and their mom I could I could talk to around here, right? Because the big buzz around that time was um, was Ricky Williams from Texas, and everybody was saying he should go number one overall, yada yada yada. And I was like, "Listen, man, look, I, I'm telling you, the Eagles are going to take McNabb. If they take McNabb, man, I gotta rock with him." Well, they took McNabb, and I've been rocking with him ever since. <laughs> there it is, man. Okay, I got a question for you, buddy. Hey, how about this? Yeah. Three three years from now, who's the Eagles quarter starting quarterback? Carson Wentz <laughs> or Jalen Hurts? Lord have mercy. It'll be Carson Wentz. Okay. It'll be Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah, I hope we can get into that one. I, I don't know if you know what I feel about that one, uh, Sus, but um yeah, that that let's get your feelings. Talk about it. Talk let's about get your it. feelings. Talk about it. It's your time. Yeah. Let's go. Cool. All right. Yeah. I think that was one of the dumbest moves I've ever seen any GM pull. Now there's been some really dumb moves. Um, but that one, that one really pissed me off. And I'm gonna tell you why. Um, all right, number one, and I and I get it. Let me let me say this first. His Howie's rationale, I believe, from listening to him and following, is years ago we we needed a quarterback. And we missed on one who we could have taken, but wanted to wait to the third round to pick up. That guy was Russell Wilson, right? Um, I think, well, I don't know if it was third round. It was later in the rounds. I know it wasn't the second. So 
this time around, you know, the, the Eagles like Jalen Hurts, and I get it, but me personally, I, I don't I don't love him. And I'm gonna be honest, the, the reason I say that is because I, I watched him play in the championship. And now, granted, you know, he was a he was a true freshman starting in the national championship. However, <laughs> so was Tua, right? <laughs> and I've never seen, I've never seen a quarterback get benched in the national championship game because he can't complete passes against a good defense, who was UGA at the time, and get replaced by a guy who hasn't played all year long. And the guy comes in and just tears that same defense apart. So you switch that, you take him, and you put it, he transfers to Oklahoma. And I ask y'all a question. I mean, since, since Lincoln Riley's been running Oklahoma, name a quarterback who hasn't done well there, right? So I'm like, okay, well, he has like, what, two freaking Heisman Trophy winners and a runner-up who is Jalen Hurts. So I'm like, dude, when you be in the Eagles, when you already, now just last summer, you gave all of this money to Carson Wentz. And I get it. You know, on face value, Carson Wentz is a guy who can't stay healthy, right? That's been his MO, whatever. But if that's the case, why give him all of that money in the first place? Because right. honestly, he could still be on his rookie deal today. And you still could have went ahead and took Jalen Hurts in that draft. So you gave Carson Wentz all of that money. But then you say, hey, I like this Jalen Hurts guy. And now, me personally, I didn't see anybody, you know, jumping at taking Jalen Hurts in the first or second round. I didn't hear that talk at all. Third, late third, maybe fourth is what I was thinking. And when you being the Eagles, already have a guy, even though he's fragile, but you already have him and you got a, you know, somewhat of a backup in Nate Sudfield. You take a quarterback in the second round right. of the freaking draft when oh. you already have the backstory of Nate, Nick Foles winning the freaking <laughs> Super Bowl. And I'm okay, like, I, I guess think it was terrible, man. It was terrible. Nothing against right. Jalen Hurts. Nothing against him. It's just a horrible situation for him to be in. Okay, the next question I got for you. How concerned are you with the uh, wide receiver group you guys got uh, trotting out this <laughs> this year? I mean, Alshon just – I think he's on the, the pup list yep. right now. So, he might be coming back at some point. But, you know, uh, D-Jack, you know, he was in the uh, news here recently for some stuff. But he's still going to yeah. be played. Everything's fine. So, how do you feel about that? I mean, I think uh, your third best receiver – oh, no, your fourth best receiver is going to be uh, Whiteside. And the third is <laughs> who is who is the third best receiver? See, I say all this to you because I'm a Cowboys fan, so it's real yeah. easy for me to talk about receivers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you um, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh, receiving core, man. Um, receiving core, I, I think is it was number one. That was one of the reasons why I think we that second round pick was so important to me because I feel that was a spot you could have honestly doubled up. Since you you kind of went out the box in the first round, taking Jalen Jalen Rager, right? Which at first I was like, yeah, but I kind of got won over with that one, and and I get why you did it. But when you turn around and take a quarterback in this in the second round, when you couldn't, because the thing about this this year's draft is there was tons of studs out there, right? And you take you, you take Jalen and then you fall back and you get a few other guys. But let me get back to the, the core. Like basically what X receiver is gonna be Jackson, of course, Alshon's on pup. The the Z is actually who you said is the fourth 
best. He's actually going to be a starter who is J.J. Ortega. Um, and he – don't get me started on him either. I don't know what it is with this second <laughs> round out. At least, you got, at least you got Ertz, right? <laughs> right. We got Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And they, they're basically going to be our wide receiver one and two. Because uh, I don't trust Deshaun being healthy. Um, J.J. Ortega is my second guy in line. Rager's going to be my slot guy. And then you got to fill it with people, right? So they have uh, Greg Ward Jr., who was on the practice squad last year. You got um, a bunch of guys you don't know. Hightower, another guy, Burnett. It's it's bad, man. I put it like this. I think what they wanted to do, they accomplished it. And what they really wanted to do is just get fast, period, right? So, But what hurt us the most, in my opinion, is Marquise Goodwin opting out of not playing. So when he opts out of not playing, you don't really have a true number two at all. So now you just basically have a hurt, a hurt slow Alshon, uh, Deshaun who can't keep his mouth closed and you know saying all <laughs> kind of crazy stuff on Instagram and probably will get hurt again too, and a bunch of kids. So I don't feel confident at all. I feel I feel they'll be fast. They they definitely be fast, and I think that that helps. But I. I, I just don't feel good about him because experience matters, man. Yeah, I just don't see winning a Super Bowl with these guys. I think they'll be exciting to watch. What do you, but what do you think about the run, what do you think about the running game, Miko? Running game, I don't like either. <laughs> I don't like either. <laughs> I like I don't like a lot of things about the Eagles. I say this, but I, I'm gonna tell you what I do like, and we'll get to the, the defense side of the ball. What I, those some things I do like over there. Offensive, not so much. Um, and. I believe they're still probably looking at trying to bring in another veteran back. But right now we have Miles Sanders, who, quote, unquote, is supposed to carry the load. And I like Miles Sanders. I, I think he's better than most people think he is. The The problem with him, in my opinion, is something the Eagles have always struggled with besides the Super Bowl year when we had LeGarrette Blunt, And that's those, you know, third and two or third and goals or short yardage situations when I don't when I don't need Carson Wentz freaking doing a quarterback sneak to try to pick up a yard or two. We don't have a big bruising guy who I can depend on. The the biggest, strongest guy is um, Holyfield's kid, but he's on the practice squad. So, Miko, as a fellow NFC East fan, man, NFC East fan in general, What's it yeah. feel like to win a Super Bowl, man? It's been a long time for my <laughs> <laughs> like, like as a fan, how what uh, did you how did you feel when that happened for y'all for real? Man, I was ecstatic. I could not come down. I had a Super Bowl hangover for at least a year. I could not man, Lars, if you were in the office like every day, I, I couldn't I don't care if it was freaking June and we were about to, <laughs> I was still talking about what happened in February. Like, man, it was and the way we did it, it was just to beat Brady in that fashion. Man, it was oh my god. It was it, I ain't gonna lie, it was the best feeling besides my kids being born in my life. I mean it was it I, sounds I, like yeah, it, it, was, it, it sounds like you miss <laughs> Nick Foles. It sounds like you miss Nick Foles a lot, is what it sounds like to me. Well, um <laughs> I do, but, you know, with, with having Carson, I, I believe in Carson. I believe in Carson wins for the long term. So if you ask me on that day when we won the Super Bowl, of course I'm going to tell you I want Nick Foles, but I know we couldn't keep both, right, realistically. So I'm, I'm, I'm a Wentz guy, but I have nothing, nothing but love for Foles. But I do think it was – I think it was kind of crazy to put a freaking statue outside the stadium. No one cool, man. Do you do you <laughs> do you do you win wait, that wait. Super Bowl if Carson doesn't get hurt? 
there's a Nick Foles statue outside the stadium. Yeah, there's a uh, the the Philly special play the Doug and Nick Foles. Wow. Yeah, there, there is one <laughs> that went up like what a, a year and a half, two years ago, somewhere. like yeah, pretty much a, a little right after the dang Super Bowl. Uh, and Lawrence, you asked, do do I think we win the Super Bowl if Carson does not get hurt? Right. It's a good question, man. Uh, yes, I do. I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, Carson was playing out of his mind that year. He would have won super. He would have won MVP off top. Um, the only thing that kind of gives me a little bit of hesitation is just Carson's poise under pressure and making the right throw when it's presented. I think that's what Nick Foles is so much better than he is at. Um, but the way they were playing that year, man, we were we were too good. I don't I don't think the, if we played the Patriots again, yeah, there's no way we 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 would have won that game still. Who's your favorite all time Eagle? Uh, favorite all time Eagle is Reggie. Yeah, Reggie White. Okay. Yeah. Man, I was I could see Brian Dawkins or something like that. You seem like a Dawkins guy, man. I don't know. I love Dawkins too, but Dawkins remember Dawkins left and he was great in Denver too. So <laughs> but you know, and I understand Reggie, Reggie, you know, left and won a Super Bowl with, with Green Bay. But when I man, the thing is is like I'm a I'm a I'm a lie. I love the guys on the line, I love the big boys and and that's what I that kind of when we talk about what the Eagles did right, in my opinion, and that defensive line, I that that's gonna be scary for y'all. All right, Donovan, Mc, Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens. Who was right during that beef? Who had, who was the right one? <laughs> Man, that well, that's a good one too. Ooh, I got in trouble with that one. Um, who was right? I don't think honestly, I don't think either one of them was right. But if I have to lean away, I lean Donovan, and the reason is because you know. It it was really it was really about money, right? Like the whole thing is is like, hey, Donovan spoke up for uh, Brian Westbrook, you know, getting paid, but he didn't necessarily lend a hand or speak up for when he wanted him to for To. So in that situation, I'm like, I mean, that's 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 childish and petty, man. I, I don't I don't do that. Uh, so I, I lean Donovan, but I also feel Donovan's leadership at that point was lacking because, I mean, everybody knew you you are the guy, right? And in my opinion, he, it just felt like he was a little selfish and he didn't want the shine being yeah. taken away from him going T.O.'s way. And I think he kind of childishness and pettiness and selfishness kind of screwed us over yeah. um, and a T.O. T.O. played that Super Bowl with a broke leg for him. Broke leg. Yeah. And bald. I mean, he was he was the best player on the field. He had a broke leg. And, I mean, it, is, it was heartbreaking, man. That, that that whole situation was just crazy. I just Did saw T.O. run a freaking 4-4 the other day on the internet, too. Yeah, you know, I was like just about 80? to say that. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was about to say that, too. Hold on, hold on, hold on, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want you guys to put your blinkers on. We're going to make a right turn off of memory lane, and we're going to come back to 2020, okay? This is a 2020 <laughs> NFC East rundown episode. All right, okay. so talk, talk to me about their, the Eagles' strength this year and what's their biggest weakness. Um, biggest weakness is, is obviously inexperience. Uh, that's the biggest weakness because you, you have, and I get it, that's what their goal was. The goal was to be the opposite of what they were last year, and that's, you know, they were polished, but slow as hell. I don't know a team who was slower than the Eagles last year. It was terrible. 
Now we're not very polished, but we're fast as hell. So that that uh, you accomplish that, but you accomplish it by being inexperienced and missing one of the inexperienced fast guys who opted not to play at all because of COVID. Um, the strength, in my in my opinion, this year would be is still the defensive line, the defense overall. Their weakest position on defensive, of course, is the linebacking core. Um, because we add when you add Darius Slay, who who can basically take on anybody's number one guy, and I'm, I'm not gonna say he's a he's a shutdown guy, but he's close. He's right there, right? He, he's a, he's an excellent corner. Um, and the, when you have when you have a, a great corner and an okay corner on the other side, who I believe is probably gonna be um, Avante Maddox, who's okay. He, he's had spurts, but he's been burnt a few times too. And, and McLeod and probably the only other one I worry about because we lost Jenkins is um, Jalen Mills would probably be at the strong safety spot. Um, but that'll probably help him better because he's not a good guy in man-to-man coverage. So when you have a solidified defensive backfield, but the guys up front are going to be able to stop the run and create tons of pressure, that's going to create a lot of turnovers for you. So I think that's going to be their biggest, biggest stress this year. Yeah, rank the quarterbacks in the NFC East for me. All right, let's see. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little love, uh, Cowboy fan. That is, in my opinion, just a smidgen, smidgen. I give just because of availability and decision-making at times. And Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I give that. No. Yes. I'm giving that number one, Carson two. Um, I don't really know who your quarterback is in the Washington club. Uh, but it's I'm Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> hey, right, he, so he did play at the Ohio State University and threw 50 something touchdowns his senior year or whatever he last year that. he played. And then last year he threw like he was like seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. But we won't talk about last year. <laughs> we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to throw that one out. But yeah, we're going to give. And the funny thing is, including me, me and the entire world mock the New York Giants for taking Daniel Jones um, ahead of Haskins. Which, if you ask me at the time, which is absolute lunacy. But I guess Gettleman was right for once. So I'm oh. getting right now, right now, right now, right now. We'll see what happens in the future. But yeah, Daniel Jones three, Haskins four. So basically, uh, here's what you're saying. You're saying Prescott one, Wentz yep. two, Daniel Jones three, Colt McCoy four, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then Haskins five, right? Okay. You know, something like that. Andy Dalton. Hey, what about Andy, Andy Dalton? Dalton? Andy Dalton. God, Dalton. Yeah. Andy Dalton might be. Andy Dalton might be 2A, you know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> the 56 podcast, NFC East Rundown Hater Edition. <laughs> All right, how All right. does the NFC East stack up, Migo? How does it stack up this year? What we have, what was, what we got, what were we looking at? Um, you mean how? You mean in, in strength versus the rest of the division? Uh, how does it stack up as far as standings at the end of the year? Oh, oh okay, at the end of the year. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going Eagles one. Uh, because that's just what we do. Uh, Cowboys two, but close. Um, I'm going. If I I have I don't I don't like. I, I wish I could. If y'all had uh, what's the kid's name? Um, dang, what's it? The broke is broke is everything. Um, who's on rehab with you guys in, in Washington? Quarterback. 
Alex uh, Smith. Alex Smith. There we go. If Alex Smith was playing, I would give y'all three, but I got to still give three to Jazz Washington four. Um, even though I love Ron Rivera, and I, I think he's 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 easily going to be a seven and nine guy just because of coaching ability. But if you had to play around him, I think he can win nine or ten, maybe. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I think that's going to be a it's going to be a toss up. I don't I don't really I don't really know. I don't have a I don't have a real reason besides the Cowboys being the Cowboys of them not winning the division because that's just kind of what they do. They just they have all this talent everywhere. Find a way to blow it. Uh, usually you kind of you you blame the coach or you blame Jerry or you blame Steven or, or somebody, right? It's somebody's fault. Tony Romo, whomever. Uh, there's but, always somebody to you know, blame. There's always somebody, right? But the thing is, like on paper, like the Cowboys are stacked up on the especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but I, I I think y'all can be had on the defensive side of the ball now because y'all, it ain't it ain't that nice out there, in my opinion. Um, but I think the Eagles, the, the, when it comes to the NFC East, I think it, it's about coaching, and I think Doug's the guy right now. So I think he'll, he'll eke out another 10-6 and six and win that thing. Uh, well, you hurt my heart, man. Like for real, uh, because I was trying, I was trying to see. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, I love Robert Vera and I, and I, I hated that um, that you guys picked him up. But I knew, I knew I, in my heart, I knew it's like, man, it's either gonna be the Cowboys or the Redskins who are gonna pick up Robert Vera. But hey, I'm, I'm gonna get to the bottom. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. What NFC East team do you hate the most? Cowboys. No. No <laughs> All right, there goes that theory. All right. <laughs> no All right. doubt. Right. What's you your go, you go hate him. Hey, you go hate him worse this year too. Let me tell you that. I'll be the first to let you yeah. know that. Look, I, I look. I already hate him, but I gave I gave praise though, like because the CD Lamb thing, man, was it, it? It broke my heart, and I really feel. And I told my buddy, I got a buddy who's a big Cowboys fan. We we do stuff like this all the time too. We probably could bring him on at one point. He loved it. Chime in, but um, we we feel like C.D. Lamb was a was a get back or revenge for Dallas Goddard, uh, and I really do believe that because we jumped in front of the Cowboys a couple of years ago to take Dallas Goddard when y'all when y'all had Jason Witten retiring, and we didn't obviously didn't need him. <laughs> you guys obviously didn't need C.D. Lamb, so it was like, uh, but man, I feel like they got the best of us. But hey. I always have faith the Cowboys will be the Cowboys. They'll finally get blown. What's the Eagles' record this year? Going ten, well, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't looked. I haven't studied the schedule that much, but I'm going ten and six. Ten and six has to win it, and I don't. I don't think anybody's gonna win. You know, 11, 12 games. I don't think that's gonna happen. All right, man. Nico, I don't value your opinion about the Redskins, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, fifty six nation. We had lined up a special guest to come give us our Cowboys breakdown for our fans speak NFC. But Trey said, "Uh uh-uh, no way. There's only one Cowboys fan, the number one Cowboys fan, and that's him. So, everybody, welcome Trey to the building. What's up, Trey? Man, I've been here. What are you talking about welcoming me here? It's my building. (laughs) All right, let's hop right into it, Mr. Number One Cowboys fan. Uh, Greatest Cowboy of all time is who? Greatest cowboy of all time, man. That's a really hard question for me, but it's Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith. All right, so Trey, 
Tell me how you feel about the quarterbacks in Dallas. Well, I feel pretty comfortable since Dak Prescott, uh, we own his rights. So he cannot go anywhere because of the franchise tag. So he's going to be here at least this year. And we have the decision on whether or not we want to let him go anywhere next year. And then there's also, I think, if I'm not mistaken, we can, um, there's a transition tag that we can put on him the third year. So he doesn't need, he's not going anywhere for three years if we don't want him to. Now, with that said, I'm worried because it's going to be a Kirk Cousins situation if we don't watch ourselves. I think this year is going to be really important with Dak Prescott and his contract. Basically, if I don't see him sign this year and we franchise him again, I don't think he'll be back a third. I don't think we'll do any kind of transition tag. I think we'll move on. We'll have a plan to move on. There's a good possibility it'll it's going to happen after this offseason even. You know, since we already have Andy Dalton, who is a viable candidate to start at quarterback for the next few years to transition pick that we could have, I see the Cowboys maybe making a bad decision. Now, I don't think they're going to. I think they're smarter than that. But I've seen a lot of stupid things happen in the Cowboys uh, organization, so I wouldn't put it past them. But as of, as of right now, from what I'm – oh, also, not to mention, I think there was a tweet or some kind of uh, – was it Instagram message or something that Dak's brother uh, sent out there, uh, what was it, a week or two ago, where he was talking about he wasn't a Cowboys fan. Now he just – he knows why, and he, he's not going to have to be one much longer. It was kind of ominous uh, sounding to the point that, you know, Dak might not be wanting to be there anymore in Dallas, and that's scary. So right now I'd say I'm a little uneasy, but I'm comfortable for the time being. All right, so on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel about the McCarthy hire? Scale of 1 to 10, McCarthy hire, um, 8. I feel like it's an 8. I feel like it's a really good hire uh, with all the candidates that were available and all the candidates that were being mentioned. I think that he was definitely in the top tier. I think the splash with uh, the splash value with Lincoln Riley uh, would have been really interesting. However, that's not going to go away. That option is still going to be there. If McCarthy has two or three bad seasons here, uh, don't think for a minute that Lincoln Riley is still not going to be an option two years from now, three years from now. I think Lincoln's not, not an old – I think he's a younger guy. He's not, I mean, as far as coaching age goes, he's a younger guy, and I think he's going to be available then, and his name is going to come up again if we need him. But we're talking about Mike McCarthy. He won, he's won a Super Bowl. He's been to uh, plenty of playoffs. So and he knows how to deal with uh, drama, especially with when it comes to like Aaron Rodgers and other players. He is a veteran guy, and plus he's a Jerry Jones type of guy. I mean, they even said that uh, when they were doing those contract negotiations with him, that Jerry brought him to the ranch. They sat up, they was drinking the whiskey and hanging out, having a blast because that's the kind of guys they both are. So I think that was a really good hire, but there could be some problems. And I think the only problem that I would see with uh, McCarthy could be if he does not do a good job transitioning talent. So beyond that, as far as the X's and O's, he's got my confidence. All right, so Zeke is kind of a polarizing player. Are you high on Zeke or are you low on Zeke? I'm, I'm is that even – do I need to even warrant that with an answer? Do I need to give you an answer? Or what do you think? Zeke, <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott is the number one statistical running back since he's entered the league. Plus, he was all, he was uh, suspended for what? Was it four, six games one year? Like, this guy is a monster, and he's running behind that line. 
you know, I know we lost Travis Frederick there. It was early last year, like almost before the season started, right as it started. So that we really didn't feel the loss at first. But uh, as the season went on, we kind of no- you kind of no- noticed uh, losing Travis Frederick was a big deal. I think we went from a perennial number one offensive line to, you know, somewhere in the top five. You know, it was a big loss. And shout out to Travis Frederick as well. You know, he had a Guillain-Barre disease. My mother suffers from the same disease. It's a, it, it's, it's a horrible thing. But picking back up, I think that Ezekiel Elliott is top five running back every year, no matter what. Pick him up in your fantasy leagues. Biggest Cowboys area of concern is what? Um, defensive back. I know we picked up uh, Ha-Ha. You know, and that he's a good veteran. He's gonna he's a good uh, guy on the ball. He's gonna make some ball hawk plays. We still got Xavier Woods, who I think he's a really good young safety. You know, Byron Jones left. Byron Jones was a really good all around cornerback, really good, but he wasn't that ball hawk type guy. So losing him, we're not. That's not gonna. Um, that's not gonna equate to losing any um, picks or any possessions or anything. Because he wasn't going to get any interceptions anyway. I think he, uh, I think it was something crazy what I heard. Like he's only had like two or three his whole career, and so losing him was not that big a deal. And then we got Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown's going to step up this year. Brown's going to step up. I think he's going to be a really good player this year. And it's just uh, that secondary that is the weakness. And if you're going to turn around and ask me the question of the strength, the strength is everywhere else, everywhere else. Because from top to bottom, quarterback, I think we have a top 10 quarterback. Running back, we have a top five running back for sure. Wide receiver core, I think we have easily a top 10 wide receiver core, possibly a top five receiving core. Plus, I think Blake Jarwin's going to play a big part. That's good offensive line. We just talked about that top five. Defensive line, that's going to be the surprise. We lost Robert Quinn, but I think Alden Smith is going to be the surprise player of the year. That pickup, I just seen a photo shoot where they just uh, shot pictures of Alden Smith. I think he's wearing the number 58 jersey. He looks scary. And from some of the reports of some of his workouts he's been doing, I think Jay Glazer reported a workout that he was doing. He was there. And Alden Smith looks like a monster, dude. And then, of course, the linebacker, Jalen Smith, Vander Esch. Dude, this Cowboys team has the most talent. And all the years they've said, oh, the Cowboys have all this talent. This is the year where they really are stacked. And I hadn't even talked about C.D. Lamb in depth. So what do you think the record's going to be? 11-5. and 11-5, and five, winning the division. Um, I'm going to stack up the whole NFC East for you. How about that? I'm going to make this easy for you. 11-5, and five, Cowboys. I'm looking at the Eagles at a 9-7 and seven team. I don't think they're strong. I think they're weak at uh, their line on offense. I think they're definitely weak at the wide receiver core. Their running back situation is a little suspect. And I think they're also suspect at this, uh, the DBs, uh, DBs, too. And I think that's where they're going to have a lot of problems keeping up with the Dallas Cowboys. And I think they're going to have a lot of problems with the New York Giants as well. I got the New York Giants coming in right behind them at 8-8. Eight and eight. And then I've got that Washington football team rounding out at all at 6-10. and 10. That's all given if we have a full season, though. So I, I that is – yeah. I hear you. Okay. So uh, last question for you, Trey. Uh, you got you're your GM, and you can pick any quarterback from the NFC East for the next five years. Who are you taking? I love these questions. Like uh, they're all questions you already know the answer to. 
I'm taking Dak Prescott for the next five years. Dak Prescott is still in his mid-20s. He has all the upside in the world and very little downside. I'm not going to take Carson Wentz because of his injury history. That's the main reason I'm not going to take Carson Wentz. But also, even if he just uh, ruled out all the injury uh, problems he's had, He's still only right now, as far as what I've seen in the NFL, he's still only about equal to what I see in Dak Prescott. Now, Carson Wentz had some had more potential coming out of college, whereas Dak was kind of unknown coming out of college for the most part. But like I said, it's Dak Prescott. Next five years, give me Dak Prescott. All right, man. Well, you came and did your thing. You represented your Cowboys right. I think you got the record wrong, but that's just me. Man, it was a good time talking to you. We'll see you next time. All right. For the Giants, we talked to our good friends at Giants Alliance. That's got a nice ring to it. At Giants Alliance on Twitter. We talked to David, and he dropped the goods. The first question question I have for you, David, is how long have you been a Giants fan? Um, Honestly, I've been a Giants fan my whole life. Uh, Like every Sunday, uh, my dad, my brother, and I would go to my grandpa's house. We'd watch um, Giants games uh, every single Sunday. Like I, I don't think I don't remember the last time I missed a game. I even lived in China for two years. Um, I was working over there, and I would watch the games at like one in the morning or four in the morning. So I'm 32 years old. I've uh, yeah, I can't remember the last time I missed a game. So I, I've been a, a big fan my whole life. Right. And um, another quick question: Eli Manning, Hall of Famer or not? Absolutely. Uh, I, I think he's definitely a Hall of Famer. When you factor in his two Super Bowls um, over the GOAT, Tom Brady, everyone considers him at this point the best player of all time. Um, he has six Super Bowl rings. So, yeah, I, I think Eli Manning, with those two Super Bowl runs where he he's knocked off so many great players in the playoffs, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. If you remember in 2011, um, the Packers were 15-1 and one that year. And Aaron Rodgers was the MVP. He was so good. And, and Eli just outplayed him um, in the NFC Championship game against Brett Favre. But not just those playoff runs. Um, if you just look at his statistics over his career, he was so consistent. Um, he ranks in the top 10 in basically every quarterback statistical category. So I think um, if you combine his like longevity and his playoff success with the two Super Bowl rings, two Super Bowl MVPs, where he came through in the clutch in the fourth quarter. I, I think it's a no-brainer, in my opinion, that he's uh, in the Hall of Fame. So, speaking of quarterbacks, what do Giants fans really think about Daniel Jones? Um, I think Giants fans are much higher on Jones than the typical uh, NFL fan. I, I think... If you go back and watch his his rookie season, it's really impressive when you factor in uh, all the circumstances around him. He had a very bad offensive line. I'm sorry. Yeah, he had a really bad offensive line. He had um, he didn't play one game with Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, uh, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, and Sterling Shepard healthy at the same time. So he was playing with a lot of backup receivers. He still had 24 touchdown passes. Um, only 12 interceptions. And I know it's not fair to talk about his rookie season without his fumbling issue, but um, I, I think that's something that is actually correctable. So I, I think Daniel Jones should have been in the consideration for rookie of the year, 
um, considering that he had more touchdown passes than Kyler Murray in less games. Uh, I'm not saying he should have won it. I actually think that should have went to like Josh Jacobs. But yeah, I, I think uh, Giants fans are very excited about him in year two because okay. we do have a better offensive line this year. During your answer just now, you mentioned the offensive line. There's reports that uh, Nate Soldier is not going to be uh, he's not going to be participating in the season. He's going to be opting out. How concerned are you? How concerned are you with that offensive line for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley's sake? Um, in a sense, the I, I'm happy for Nate Soldier that he decided to opt out because he's had some uh, medical issues himself. In 2014, he battled cancer, and um, you know he. He, I think his family has had medical stuff too, but I'm not concerned about the offensive line as I used to be because I think Andrew Thomas is going to be good right away. He was the best offensive tackle in the draft. Um, we picked up a couple of free agents like Cam Fleming, who I think uh, is a solid right tackle. I think he can be better than Mike Remmers was last year on the right side. And then Nick Gates was just signed to an extension yesterday, and he might compete for the starting center position. And he was really good when he played last year. He only played three games in 2019, but he's a very good player. So I think this is the best offensive line we've had in a long time. And Dave Gettleman, with his first five draft picks, picked three offensive linemen. So that gives you um, you know, a pretty good indication of how much he prioritizes the offensive line. Would, would you rather have Saquon at his peak or Tiki Barber at his peak? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually, because most people would just right away say Saquon. Um, but Tiki Barber was so good, at, especially at the end of his career. He, he basically retired when he was in the middle of his prime. Um, in 2005, he was an all-pro. first I think first or second team all-pro. He was incredible. I think 1,800 rushing yards. But ha- having said that, I would still take Saquon because I, I just think Saquon's the best running back in the NFL. He's so talented. Um, he's a threat to take it, you know, to the end zone on any any time he touches the ball, and he's such a strong running back as well. Or the way he just stiff arms people, um, he's so elusive. So I would have to go him, even though I, I do think Tiki Barber, if he kept playing a little bit longer, could have been in the Hall of Fame. He he was that good of a player. Yeah. Real, real quick, Ellie, uh, for you. I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, Ellie, Tiki Barber or Rondé Barber? Who was the better brother? Um, well, different apples and oranges. One played defense, one played offense. I think Rondé, probably because he sustained his career. Tiki, but people really sleep on how good Tiki was, like David just mentioned. I mean, Tiki was incredible out of the backfield. He was incredible and uh, when he, with his pass-catching duties. I mean, he crushed the NFC East for a very long time. Uh, well, a four- or five-year run, I think it was, um, where he was really – one of the best players in that division. Um, so, but. and you can answer that question too, David, if you want to. I mean, I'm I'm sure you're going to go with Tiki being a Giants fan, but <laughs> yeah, actually, I mean, if I'm trying to be uh, as objective as possible, I, I am very biased towards the Giants, but um, I think Rondé has to be considered the better player. Like Tampa Bay had such a good defense, and he was a, a major part of that. Um, they won a Super Bowl. Basically, their defense carried them. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I think Rondé is a Hall of Famer. I, I believe he is already in the Hall of Fame. Um, so I, I think, ob- objectively speaking, I think you have to consider him the better player, even though, like you said before, it's hard to kind of compare offense and defense. 
But um, yep. yeah, I, I think it's harder to find a, a cornerback like like Rondé than it is to find a running back like Tiki, in my opinion. Exactly. Hey, on a scale of one to ten, how did you feel about the Joe Judge hire when it was announced? On, I'm not gonna lie. When when, uh, when I first heard about the hire, I had no idea who Joe Judge was. I mean, he's like he was the special teams coach for New England. He also coached the receivers last year. So they thought really highly of him. They like increased his responsibilities, and um, he does have experience with Nick Saban in Alabama as well. But um, yeah, I, I mean, when I heard about it, I, I had no idea what to think. And then when I heard him actually speak at the press conference, I started getting really excited because he's basically said all the right things, and I've liked everything he said so far. Um, but I. Obviously, he's unproven at this point, and you have to see how he does in the games. But I do like the coaching staff he put together as well. And um, as a rookie head coach, I think that's going to play a big part in how well he does because uh, he definitely has a lot of like ex-head coaches on his staff, which I think is going to help a lot. Did you? Was there another person that you were hoping they would hire before Joe Judge? Um. Yeah, I, I did like Rule, the uh, eventual hire of the Carolina Panthers, because he was an ex-Giants guy. He was on the coaching staff during our last Super Bowl. And um, he's he's basically a program builder, where he built up Temple into a respectable program. And then Baylor was such a mess when he got there, and he ended up um, you know, bringing them back towards the top of their uh, conference. So I would have liked Rule, but... Everything Rule said, like the way he said Cam Newton was his starting quarterback and how excited he was to coach him, and then like a couple of days later they released him, like stuff like that. I, I feel like players yeah. players don't like that kind of stuff. So I'm happy with Joe Judge, even though at the time I wanted uh, Matt Rule as the coach. If I were to say, hey, you can have any quarterback in the division, are you taking Daniel Jones or are you picking a quarterback from another team in the NFC East? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I love Daniel Jones. I think he's going to be such a good player. Um, I don't think he's the best quarterback in the division, though, at this point. I think you have to give that to Carson Wentz. Um, Prescott also has to be considered better at this point. He's put up so, such good statistics um, early on in his career. But this is going to sound crazy. Like If I could choose one, I would still pick Daniel Jones because he's younger. Carson Wentz um has dealt with so many injuries and i think that's part of the reason they drafted a quarterback in the second round this year and then prescott i think prescott's a very good player don't get me wrong but he has such a good supporting cast and his offensive line is so good he, he might have the best receivers in the nfl um so i think he's a little bit of a product of having a good team around him um so for the future not maybe not for 2020 but for like the future five years from now i think jones will be the best, and he's the youngest. So, so I, I would Dave, take him first. So, David, with uh, the million-dollar question, how does the NFC East stack up this year? All right, so NFC East, I, I'm much more optimistic about the Giants than most. So I do uh, have us making the playoffs. But I'm going to actually pick the Cowboys to win the division with, like, an 11-5 and record. They have a very talented roster, like like they always do. Um, but they do draft really well, the Cowboys. And um, I, I, yeah, I have them in first place. I have the Giants in second with a nine and seven record. Um, 
I, I think the Eagles are going to be around eight and eight. And I, the reason I see them struggling is they've had some injuries already on the offensive line. Um, they're one of their best receivers, Goodwin, who they acquired in a trade, opted out of the season. Brandon Brooks, their best, one of their best offensive linemen, is out for the season with an injury. Um, yeah, so I'm going to say the Eagles are in third, and then I, I think Washington is going to be really bad. Uh, I know a lot of people <laughs> like their defense, but I just I don't think that they're going to be any good this year. So I'll say they'll go mind. like four and twelve. Yeah, I don't mind the Giants where you uh, how you're stacking it up. I've talked to Ellie before about the Giants. I'm really high on the Giants. I really like the receiver core. Of course, I, I'm a big gold take guy. I love him. And then Evan Ingram, I think he's one of them guys that you just haven't seen healthy enough. So hopefully he can stay healthy this year for you guys. See, I'm a Cowboys fan. And Ellie, of course, is a Washington football team fan named to be a TBH or, or to be determined, TBD. And <laughs> anyway, um, I with the Giants this season, where do you uh, – how do you think that their, their receiver core is going to stack up this year? Do you think everybody's going to stay healthy, especially Evan Ingram? I, I'm, like, very hopeful that he can. I just – I wouldn't – I wouldn't bet on it because um... – yeah, like Evan Ingram is such a good player when he's on the field, but the last couple of years, like last year he missed eight games. I think he missed around five games the year before. So I definitely wouldn't bet on it because he hasn't proven that he can, you know, stay healthy for an entire 16-game season. And, um, yeah, he's like a little bit small for a tight end. A lot of people want to move him to wide receiver, which I don't agree with at all. I think he's a matchup nightmare as a tight end, but maybe his frame is – part of the reason he gets hurt so much because he's not, you know, a bigger sort of tight end that can, you know, fight in the trenches as well. But yeah, I, I do like our receivers if they can stay healthy. Like Sterling Shepard's had a lot of concussions, but I think he's very talented. I think Golden Tate is a very like underrated receiver who's very good in the slot. And then Darius Slayton had eight touchdowns last year as a rookie. Um, and he's ba basically our best outside threat. So Behind that, there's a lot of question marks. But as our um, starting receivers go, I think we do have uh, a pretty good, you know, plethora of weapons for Daniel Jones. David, man, we appreciate it. This was fun. And thank you for hopping on again. Stay safe down there. No, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. And um, yeah, stay safe as well. I know there's a lot of stuff going on and hopefully we have football this year. So I, I appreciate you having me on. Now it's time to talk to your favorite and my favorite football team, the Washington football team. We got in touch with Eric Rogers. Eric laid it down. I'm ready when you are. All right, here we go. So, first of all, looking back on the RG3 Kirk Cousins era for a moment, oh, God. did any positive come out of that era? And are we, as a, as a fan base of the Washington football team, over – that whole situation, including both quarterbacks. Oh man, you you know how things roll in DC, man. No, nobody's there's always going to be somebody hanging on to that RG three Kirk Cousins stuff. Uh, personally, I'm glad they're both gone. Uh, so done with it. I mean, I 2012 was a fantastic season, and I'll never forget just the feeling of like looking forward to the future and and knowing the greatness that was on the horizon. We thought. Um, watching Robert Griffin play um, turned out to be smoke and mirrors, but uh, yeah, I'm 
I don't know what we took away from that, honestly. Uh, we took away from that that we still – everybody in D.C. still hates each other when it comes to quarterbacks. You know, you got to pick a side and stay on that side and just die on that hill, whichever one you pick. Yeah. Uh, I was all in on RG3, and then it kind of turned out to – you know, it kind of fizzled out. Um, they moved on. I mean, I still to this day think at this point, like hindsight-wise, Kirk Cousins is the better quarterback. That doesn't mean he's good. Just means he's better than you know. He's better than RG three. But I'm glad that era is over. That's my main takeaway from it. That was just a synopsis or a microcosm of just how divided we are <laughs> as a fan base. Uh, of just you know, everybody had their guy. Everybody had their reason why the other guy was terrible. But yeah, it, it was. Ugh. So now it's on it was, to uh, yeah. Haskins Allen. It's the next RG three cousin. <laughs> We're already there. You wait. I don't. I don't see you with Allen, man. But you, <laughs> yeah, you might. You might be right. But yeah, that was. It was a hard time to be a fan. Um, I remember you couldn't turn on the radio because if you heard, if you turn on the radio, one station was like for your guy, and the other station was like against him, and it was just. <laughs> it was awful, man. Not, not naming any stations, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> one station still won't let the one guy go. I know it. I know it. Um, all right. So as for this season um, and, and kind of a similar question, is D.C., Maryland, Virginia, the parts that support the skins, are they on board with Haskins, do you think, now? No. Um, it, it's – I was half-joking when I said that. It's shaping up to be a very similar situation. I think there's just – a lot of people have already made up their mind about Dwayne Haskins and, you know, nothing's going to change it. I mean, short of him, you know, having an MVP Patrick Mahomes type season, I think people are just gonna, they're going to love him or hate him. And, you know, obviously the thing with the selfie and, you know, uh, just, you know, the shaky start that he had and, you know, he did a lot to, he did a lot to draw the ire of fans. Um, but I think, you know, people people that like him like him, and people that don't don't. I think it's very similar to what we had a few years ago. I personally love Haskins. I think he's going to be an excellent quarterback, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Yeah, same here. Um, in terms of overall expectations for this season, are you higher in terms of expectations for this season than you were at this same time going into last season? No, I'm uh, more realistic. Uh, this year than I was going into last year. I, mean, I, I really thought the team had a chance to be good last year. I don't know what I was looking at in hindsight, but um, <laughs> I mean, I was one of those yo-yos yelling 10 and 6, 11 and 5. <laughs> so how that worked out. Um, this So my take on this season, honestly, is that it's, I think 2020 is all about 2021. It's just going to, it's going to be an evaluation year. And I think at times it's going to be real ugly. Um but I really think that what we're what the coaching staff is trying to accomplish this year is to just figure out, you know, who to move forward with and where they really need to, um, where they really need to make changes. Um, so I don't have. I mean, I, I really I would like to be pleasantly surprised, but I, I don't have high expectations for this year at all. Is there going into camp? And I know we won't get to see a lot of it because of the restrictions, but. Is there like one particular position battle going into camp that you're more excited about than others in terms of a potential starter replacement? Uh, 
Um, well, with the caveat that Alex Smith is still not able to play, I'm going to put quarterback on the back burner. Uh, if something happens there, that's going to become number one. Um, but uh, I think running back for me is going to be really interesting. Um, there are very few spots on the team that have, like, real depth. <clears throat> Everybody talks about the defensive line, but I really think running back is, is going to be an interesting, an interesting uh, competition this year just because there's so many guys. Um, and you have, you know, AP, Adrian Peterson, who in my mind should be the guy going in because he has yet to prove that he can't play. And until he proves that he can't play, I think you just keep playing him because the guy's just not human. Um, Darius Geis, is, I, I like when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. He can be, you know, we saw a little bit of what he could do last year. I think he's got a real chance at being good. Um, and I think it helped him a lot that he ran all over Ron Rivera's team last year. Um, and Bryce Love, we just got the, the word that Bryce Love can play. And I think I, I love that dude. I mean, watching his, watching his uh, I've actually just been watching highlights of his over the last couple of days from college. And the guy, I just look at him and I think he's like a Kareem Hunt type running back. He really, you know, that's a ceiling, obviously. But the, the playing style, the running style, just really explosive, really powerful. The guy runs through tackles. He's he's great, and I think he can be really good. But you know, did he fully heal? And then you got the guys that that Ron Rivera brought in, um, McKissick and Barber. I, I don't really know a lot about those guys. Uh, they just seem to be like journeymen. But you know, a new coach brings in his guys, so you know they have a they have a chance. Um, and then the new kid, uh, Antonio Gibson. He's going to be fun to watch. I think he's probably going to take a little bit of time to develop, but I'm curious to see what happens. And honestly, I would not be surprised to see uh, somebody get traded before the deadline this year, um, depending on what they have. And uh, my instinct tells me Adrian Peterson could be traded just because he's the only real known commodity that's got like a, a proven ba uh, track record. Um, and it's possible that somebody who, he might be able to help more than the skins can, can probably benefit from his services more than the Redskins can. So if they really want to see what they have and have a youth movement, I think Adrian Peterson could end up getting moved. If one of these guys, especially if one of the guys uh, I mentioned before steps up. Hmm. Okay. So give me your opening day depth chart. Let's go the first four running backs, top four running backs. Uh, yeah. I think Adrian Peterson's your starter. Um, I'm going to go, um, the backup or it's going to be an Adrian Peterson, Darius Geis. Uh, there's your one, two, and your third down back is going to be, I'm going to go with McKissick at this point. Cause I think he's the only one that's a little bit, I think he's going to be more pro ready than Antonio Gibson. I don't think he'll be, he'll be there long if he's ahead of Gibson at that point. Uh, but I think starting out, I would say your game day running backs are Adrian Peterson, JD McKissick and uh, Darius Geis. Um, and if they carry a fourth one, maybe Bryce Love, but yeah, I don't know. If, or Peyton, actually, probably Peyton Barber because he's got a little bit more pro experience than Love's than Love does. So depends on if we keep or carry three or four, I guess. Yeah, who starts at running back for us next season? Twenty twenty one. You think the guys on the roster? Um, yeah. Based on what I've seen, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Bryce Love. I've said it. I think, yeah. Okay. If, you know, if, what he, if he's, if he's, you know, back to his old self, I think he beats out Darius guys. Okay. Which, what's your biggest area of concern going into the season? Uh, for the that was the, oh, football team. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. the team, uh, you know, 
in general, the whole team is, yeah. Again, I'm not, I don't know. It's a, I don't have a lot of concerns about the team, honestly, because I just don't think they're going to be very good. So it's hard to get like worked up or really concerned about something. Um, depth wise, obviously tight end is brutal. Uh, you just don't, there's just nothing there. Um, Richard Rogers, Logan Thomas, I know, you know, we've seen uh, sprinkle in action and, you know, I think we know what he can do. And uh, Thaddeus Moss, interesting signing, but I just, you don't know, you know, what he's going to do. He's not that fast. He's not a great, you know, he's probably a decent blocker, but, uh, you know, he made a couple of big plays in a big game, which is a super, you know, which is a plus. But I think tight end is definitely the weakest position group on the team uh, going in. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. On a scale of one to ten, how did you rate the Ron Rivera hire when it happened? Ten. It was the uh, best. He was the guy they could have gotten. He's the he was the best guy they could have gotten for the situation. Um, I don't know that he's the best coach, X's and O's coach in the league, but he is exactly what this this particular team needed at this particular time. I mean, you couldn't do better than Ron Rivera. I mean, it's been such a clown show for so long. And I just, you know, I think the players liked Jay Gruden. I don't think they respected him at all. Like, I can't imagine somebody sneaking up behind Rivera, giving him a purple nurple on camera. That's just not going to happen, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, he just brought just – there's an adult in the room, and you can tell. Um, And, you know, the house cleaning that followed, you know, I think proves that. We'll see. We'll see how much of it he can stand. I think this – this organization has done a number on a lot of really good coaches. So we'll see what he can, we'll see what he can do. But yeah, I, I think he was the absolute best guy they could have hired for the job, this particular team. Okay. And if you had to guess the record for the skin, the Washington football team this year, where are you putting us? Uh, the Washington football team established 1932. I like to call him that. Um, <laughs> just sounds cool. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go honestly, three and 13. Yeah, Oof. I think if Haskins takes like a massive leap forward and really plays at a Pro Bowl level, you could get to like seven or eight wins. But, you know, they're playing the AFC North. Um, and it's – I just – I don't see this team being that great, which what I'm really hoping to see this year is just a competitive team. Um, that's really all I can ask for, just a team that's moving in the right direction that you can tell. I think the defense can still – can be pretty good. But we've seen a lot of good on paper defenses in the past that have just, you know, looked like paper when you put them on the field. So, you know, that remains yeah. to be seen. But I think, you know, Jack Del Rio is a proven coordinator. You know, he can do a lot with good edge rushers. And the Redskins have good ed- edge rushers. Um, sorry, the Washington football team established 1932 has <laughs> good ed- edge rushers. Um, so I think, you know, they. My gut tells me three and thirteen. I think maybe they could get to five or six wins, but I just I don't see it. I don't. I just I really think this year is about just seeing what they have. I think they're going to accumulate assets. I do think that uh, they may be active at the trade deadline. I think you can see a couple of guys get moved. Uh, like I said before, Adrian Peterson is a potential of somebody to get moved, and, and I'm not talking about for like a second or third round pick. I'm talking about like a fourth or fifth round pick. They'll probably pick up for somebody like that. Maybe Ryan Kerrigan as a rental for it for for a. For a contender, somebody might, you know, I think a lot of teams could even get into a little bit of a bidding war for him um, because he's just good, 
he's got, you know, he'd be a rental for them. So again, he wouldn't fetch a whole lot in the trade, but I think a team like, you know, Baltimore or, you know, with an injury, somebody else, Seattle or somebody could really come knocking for him. Um, Cause he's, you know, he's a very solid player still at this point in his career. And I think he's kind of excess for the Redskins for the Washington football team established 1932. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is Kerrigan a, is Kerrigan a starter for us this year? Um, in your mind? Probably to begin the year. I don't think he, I don't think he remains the starter. I think, um, I mean, Chase Young is too good and uh, they may choose to bring him along slowly, but I, I don't see him, you know, coming off the bench for long. And I really think that uh, Montez Sweat's going to have a great year. I think Montez Sweat is probably going to have, he's probably going to benefit from Chase Young more than Chase Young is going to benefit from the rest of the being on, on the team. Uh, I think, I mean, I think Montez Sweat is going to have like a 13, 14 sack season. I really do. I think he's going to be – you could see it coming last year. He started to figure things out towards the end. And uh, he's just such a good athlete. And I think him and Young on the edges, it's just too much to pass up. So I think Kerrigan, you know, if he doesn't get moved, I think he still has a role. But uh, I, don't, I don't see him – I see him starting out maybe as a starter, but I think he'll be on the bench by the end of the year. Okay. Um how do you see the NFC East final standings uh, shaking out, one through four? Uh, the NFC East, such an overrated division all the time. It really is. Um, you know, the Cowboys, are they going to go 13-3 and three and lose the first playoff game, or are they going to go 8-8? Eight and Because eight? that's one of those two every year. They just, you know, they come out, you know, they're either really good or they're just mediocre, but they never go anywhere. And I think that's probably where we're at there, so – I think on paper, I think Dallas and Philly obviously are battling it out. I think they'll both be in the 11 and five range. Um, the Giants are still, I think the Giants are going to be right down there with the Redskins in the basement, three and 13, four and 12 type team. So it's going to be the haves and have nots this year. Um, but if I had to pick an order, I'd probably go Philly, Dallas, New York, Washington. No, I'll go Washington, New York, actually, because I think they have the edge in coaching. Nice. All right. So if you're a GM and you had the choice between Amari Cooper and Terry McLaurin, which one are you taking? Um, right now I'm taking McLaurin because he's super cheap and he's just as good. He's every bit as good and he's faster. So I go McLaurin. Um, you know, which one am I offering $40 million to? I'd probably still go with McLaurin because of the upside. I think, you know, Cooper's very good. I think he's peaked. I don't know if he's going to improve, and I think McLaurin can only get better. And they're already close, so I think McLaurin's got a higher upside. I'm also super in the tank for Terry McLaurin. He's my favorite player. He's my favorite player coming <laughs> to the league in like 10 years. He's, he's, he's so good. Yeah, yeah, okay. And um, if you had the choice between Haskins or any other quarterback in the division, are you taking Haskins or are you picking a different quarterback that's out there? Uh, I think I'd take Wentz over Haskins. I mean, you know, Wentz is going to get hurt, but he's probably going to win you 11 games before he gets hurt. So I'd probably yeah. go with uh, with Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz really has that it factor as a quarterback. But, dude, he's a guy that can just elevate a team when he's healthy. Um, so, yeah, I would probably pick him. But I, I would take uh, I would take Dwayne over any of the other guys. I know you all enjoyed the episode 56 Nation. We out.